Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another edition of the Corner Store Podcast. I'm your host, Kevin Koval, as always, in the building. Every week, we try to bring you uh, some of the most incredible people from around Chicago and beyond. Uh, today is no different. This uh, young woman has uh, kind of lived, uh, especially over this summer, at the intersection of art and organizing and activism. Uh, someone who I've known as a writer for a long time, who I admire. Um, she recently uh, represented Chicago as well at the Worm- Women's World Poetry Slam um, and uh, has had a, a very powerful summer, um, as many have. But this is a young woman who's been on the front lines as an organizer and as an important voice uh, in the city and, and beyond. Uh, we have Naira in the corner store. Welcome. Yay. <laughs> great to have you. Thank you. Thank yeah. you so much. That was a great introduction. I feel so special. <laughs> you are very special. And, um, you know, look, I've, it's been an honor to see you, uh, you know, from a distance, um, you know, and, and not from a distance for, for a long time now. But, but you really have had like a very powerful um, I don't know, like year or nine months or something, you know, it's just, you've really, I feel like stepped into your own, um, if I can say that in, 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 uh, you know, yeah, you've been, you've been heading in this direction for a long time, but it's been powerful to see you kind of step into uh, a space, um, you know, of your own power. I wonder if you, if you think this has been, uh, you know, a particularly significant nine months, year, or however you, you might choose to mark the time. Yeah, I definitely say so. Um, I definitely did not expect it to go like this. I don't think anybody did, but when I went to Welps, the way that I like imagined my year would be, and like what I'm doing right now are like so 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 different. It feels like I'm like two completely different people. Um, even though like that was super important and like molded me a lot. Um, I feel like even like that prepared me for this summer in a way that I didn't imagine. If that makes sense. Like I was like, Oh yeah, this is preparing me for like something greater in terms of like stepping into the world of like adult poetry competitions. But really like it made me step out of my shell in a way that I haven't in a long time. And then all of a sudden I'm in front of like hundreds of people telling them which way to walk outside downtown and so yeah. right and, and and part of the dissonance that you're talking about is, is between the world of, of poetry and spoken word and all of that and the the world of organizing and, and activism which is a, a space that you um i mean I, I mean you weren't new to it this summer but uh, obviously there you know uh, the the world was activated in a different way um this summer than than maybe you know months prior uh, but yeah. but can, can you talk a little about some of the work that you have stepped into this this summer, some of what you've been up to and some of what you've been doing? Yeah. Um, yeah, I actually, the first protest that I organized, like that I organized was four years ago um, when I was a senior in high school. Um, and that was um, like before uh, I even like, knew that there was such thing as like cops out of CPS so that people were organizing around that. Um, I had organized a protest to remove cops from my CPS school. Um, and, but that was like the only protest I organized for like years. Cause I started protesting or joining protests, um, a couple years prior to that. Um, but that was the only protest I organized until this summer. And I really always like just came and supported, um, 
I moved away for school for two years too after that first protest that I organized. So that's another thing. Like I had not even been to many protests in Chicago um, in my adulthood. And so like being in that, when I was younger and I was in that space, I was just there to like listen and follow um, and like glean from people. But then like being in that space this summer and I'm like what I consider as an adult and knowing more and being able to trust myself more and having more wisdom and having read tons more than when I was like 15, 16. Um, I was like, I actually, actually accidentally uh, started organizing because I came to someone else's protest and they needed help chant leading. And I had never led any chants before, aside from that one protest that I did at my school. And I was like, okay, I can do this. I'm loud. I talk a lot, like, cool, let's go. And then, um, slowly but like surely I started being like oh this is something that I am actually good at something I'm afraid of but I am like able to do and have enough enough knowledge to do um and so I kind of would just like go to some protests and if they asked for help or if they're like oh shoot like if Naira like take this megaphone then I would be willing to do that um and then uh I was in the car with some friends, uh, Gertrude, Mondo, who I had met at one of their protests that they asked me to speak at, and then uh, Anayet, who I would met like earlier in the year, um, and we made Black Rising, and it was literally just four of us in a car that we were like, oh yeah, but like organizing as individuals is like not reliable and hard to like keep up with, we should make a collective, um, and then Wow. Yeah, that's amazing. Yeah. So, so that so that happened relatively recently. If you, if you, what is Black Rising? Yeah, uh, we made Black Rising in June, I believe. Yeah, we made Black Rising in June. And um, it's just four of us. A lot of people think that there are more people in Black Rising. There's not. It's literally just four of us. Um, and we're a collective. I don't like to call us an organization because, first of all, I feel like we haven't earned that title because we're so new. Um, it's not like we're a non-for-profit or anything like that. We're literally just four youths that are organizing and building with um, the organizations that came before us. Um, like BLM and Good Kids Mad City and BYP and all of them who have allowed us and been so gracious to allow us to organize with them and glean from them and help them and trust our judgment enough as individuals to trust us as a group. Um, but yeah, so we do some like mutual aid work. So trying to like imagine mutual aid as something that that is like more realistic and not this like fantasy thing um, or this thing that you have to jump through hoops to attain. Like a young organizer could reach out to us and say, hey, can I get $30 for an Uber? And Black Rising's like, sure. Someone's like, hey, I need some money to cover this hotel. And Black Rising's like, sure. And then also um, just organizing around the same goals as our other, um, as the other organizations that came before us as well. Um, but yeah. Very simple, though. We're not as complex as some people think that we are. Sure, sure. And and you guys, you knew one another prior or you had met over the summer or you had been aware of these folks for a minute? Yeah, so I met Gertrude um, at either I met her at Wordplay or I met her at Big Kids Land. Um, and I met her within the past like year or so. So I went away to school and then I came back and there was this, like this new person that all of my friends knew that I didn't know. And so we were like, hey, like, who are you? Um, and that's how I met her. And then her and Mondo, um, Mondo is also an artist and they went to Columbia together. I also go to Columbia. Um, and that's how they knew each other. So I met Mondo through Gertrude when they organized a protest in Wrigleyville. 
Um, and then um, Anayet, I met her just like in passing. Um, and then they did a rehearsal at, she did a rehearsal for a show with some of my friends at Columbia. And then I was like, oh shoot, like this person also knows Gertrude, you know, like that. So like, we didn't know each other. Like we were like a friend group or anything like that. Like we just knew one another and that's how we connected. Yeah. Yeah, no yeah. doubt. And and so what are some, what are some of the, your, what are some of your successes or big takeaways from this summer? And I know you're still in the midst of organizing. I want to talk about what you have going on and what you have coming up, but what are, what are some of the kind of, you know, can you, have you been able to look back yet at the summer and be like, okay, learn this, this was a L, this was a W. What are some of the successes? What are some of what you have learned by, by being, you know, really in the streets this summer? Yeah. Um, the first thing that I learned is that um, there's so much that I don't know. Like so much that I like, there's so much that I know, but there's so much like to know and to learn. Um, and a part of what is really like, humbled me just as an individual who like, you know, I, I pride myself in being like smart and paying attention and things like that. But there's just like, there's so much to know. And like, when we have a lot of stuff is you like learn it by experiencing it. Um, and there are a lot of things that have happened this summer, like the police being violent or things like the police destroying our resources. Like we've had multiple protests where the police literally dumped out our resources. And it's like, what do you do? But you don't know that something like that is going to happen until it actually happens. Um, so definitely um, really like understanding the value and experience building wisdom um, and being ready to experience things and taking everything with like a grain of salt that, okay, this is a bad thing that happened, but now we know. Um, another thing is that like, the police are unpredictable. As much as we say that we know that they're unpredictable, they're genuinely unpredictable. Um, they will genuinely do anything to make sure that we don't achieve the goals that we have. Um, and you've been you've been privy to like pretty egregious things in in the streets. What, what's some of the stuff that you've you know been that you've seen that have happened to you? Some of your comrades. What are, what are some of the stuff that you've seen uh, police do? You mentioned the dumping of your resources, but I know that you've yeah. seen some other wild shit. Yeah, I mean, I got beat up by the police multiple times, like, and just, like, evading that just by someone grabbing me, someone, like, uh, pulling me out from underneath this, like, scuffle with the police. Um, I got my, I had my trapezius, um, like, the muscle in the back of my neck was sprained because a police officer pushed me over so hard. I like didn't hit the ground, but I got a concussion, uh, pushed me over with his bike and I fell on top of my megaphone and I, and then he was crushing me with his bike and he crushed me so hard that my megaphone broke. And it wasn't like a little megaphone. It's one of those like huge ones and it broke. And like, there was like this huge feedback. Uh, and that was like something, that's something that like wow. haunts me. Yeah. Um, I mean, lit- literally like you, you, I would imagine like PTSD, like you have nightmares and shit, I would imagine. Or- yeah, no, literally like I would come home from protests and I would like hear chanting like for a while, for months, um, this summer, for months, like it actually stopped maybe in August, right? And the first protest of the summer I went to, like since the George Floyd incident, the first one I went to was in May. And like in August is probably when I can recall this stopping, but literally after every protest I would hear chanting, like I could not sleep. Um, And then just like watching the police beat up my friends, 
um, watching the police uh, just literally come up and just like randomly just start like agitating people, like pushing people with their bikes. And it's so crazy because like, like I said, you see these things on social media, but it's so wild to see in person, like someone standing there minding their business and the police walking past them and pushing them over like real things that I've experienced. Um, a police officer, I was literally, we were all walking. Um, we were in Logan square, um, walking from Lori's, uh, house. Um, and, a police officer drove on the sidewalk and ran over my protesters, like literally. And Anayette, who's from Black Rising, like the police officer hit her in the head with his baton, like out of his window, like just and busted her head, like and stole her book bag and drove off and like crushed people's bikes and everything. It's ridiculous. And then you ask like the chief of police or whoever's in charge of them, like, give us an answer for this type of behavior. Like, how are we supposed to react to that? And they have nothing to say. Um, of course, I mean, of course they don't have anything to say, but it's just like, do they, do they, do they, they don't have anything to say. I mean, do they deny that it happens? Do they, do they acknowledge it happened or do they literally just, they don't say anything. They don't say anything. Right. Like they don't say anything. Sometimes they don't even deny it. They'll just laugh. Um, There have been a lot of times that I've really had to like restrain myself. Cause like a cop laughing in your face is like, yeah. Like, peak aggravation so yeah. so how do you in the midst of all of this how, how are you also caring for yourself how are you i mean you, you, know, you say you're coming home you're having you know the the chance are staying with you you're having nightmares you know through through the midst of this how are you learning where are you learning how are you you know getting time for for self-care and and repair yeah um for a while i definitely was not right um I was outside like every day for months. I was not like, I was clearly sleep deprived. I was feeling like I was sleep deprived. So I definitely had to take a break by force, um, which is just my body being like, okay, well, we're not going to get out of bed. If you, if you want to get out of bed, we're not going to do that with you. Um, But now it's just like, like uh, before we got on the zoom call, I was like trying to start a painting and trying to like, remember the things that I like to do. Um, that are not attached to um, my activism. I forgot that I was a poet the whole summer. Like for the for most of the summer, I forgot that I was a poet. Like I just literally was like, dang, poetry is something that I have been doing for most of my life, and that I like, and that I'm I guess good at. And I literally forgot that I write poetry. I was like, oh shoot, like that's a thing that I can do, um, and that's a thing that I enjoy. And just remembering like. I cooked something last night and before all of this started this summer or like all of this um, heightened this summer, I cooked almost everything I ate. And then while we were outside the most over the summer, I wasn't cooking at all. So just kind of like when I get home um, and when I'm not working on anything related to organizing, then I need to be working on something that I actually like um, instead of just like getting by every day. Um, doing the things that I need to do, just making sure that there is space for the things that I, that like actually make me feel regular. Yeah, because none of it's regular. Yeah, no, yeah. Well, the world is cer- yeah, certainly none of that is regular. Um, you, you mentioned you know you've been a, you've been a poet for a long time. So I, I let's go back. Like, um, how did you become? Uh, was it was that your first kind of creative venture? Or how did, did you were you have you because you also mentioned painting? Have you always been a creative or? Yeah, I don't remember a time in my life where I wasn't, like, some type of creative. I also thought that, like, everybody was like that. Um, I'm just now, like, recently realizing, like, not everybody likes to make art or makes art. I'm like, what? Uh, (laughs) But I... All of my siblings are creatives. Um, So 
I always liked to draw um, or whatever. I don't think I'm that great at drawing, but like I like to paint too. Um, and I think I'm like, okay at that. But my older sister did LTAB and she did, um, she did Brave New Voices, Esther. Yeah, uh, she's great. <laughs> she's, she's amazing. How is yeah. she? Is she good, by the way? Give her, you know, please send, you know, my regards. I definitely will. Yeah. yeah, no, she's amazing. Like to this day, I'm like, I'm still trying to get like that. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so I used to, cause Esther is, is like eight years older than me. So she was like this, like, her, just person that lived in my house that I wasn't that close to, but I like admired her so much. So I knew that she did poetry. So I would like go Google her name and watch her poems and I, like, memorize her poems. Wow. Memorize a couple of people, Nate Marshall's poems, um, Demetrius's poems, like just memorizing their work and like really like being a fan of their work. And then um, I wrote my first poem when I was in fifth grade. Um, and it was like obviously trash, but <laughs> well, what you remember it? You remember it? You know it? No, I don't. But it was something like super corny about like weather or something like that. I don't know. But um, I wrote that first poem, and then I started like writing. I wrote like a chapter book when I was in sixth grade. It was like a hundred pages long. Wow. For like this, uh, uh, like writing competition at school, um, and then just like taking every single writing assignment seriously always like writing poems all the time um and then but i didn't know how to like even get into the world of ltab and i got to high school and my school hadn't been really like participating in ltab but when i became the captain of the poetry team at my school then i was like we're doing ltab like i'm not trying to hear that anymore um so that was nice um but then i came to yca for wordplay um and that was like when my life like really changed where I was like, oh, dang, like there's so many people who like, because even going to my high school, there weren't a lot of people on my poetry team. And even the people on my poetry team were not like necessarily into slam poetry. There was like two of us that were into slam poetry. So coming to YC and going to wordplay, um, going to Saturday series, check the method. Um, and then like y'all being gracious enough to allow me to go to um write to the city for free because you feel me sometimes parents are like art stuff not giving you money for that right um, well that's what i was going to ask about your parents and and having creatives in your family and you being a creative and, and just because i know um i don't know a ton about them but i i know I, I wonder how they feel about um your foray into the world of the arts and and then particularly this summer i, I imagine they must be very concerned with their <laughs> child out in yeah. these streets in this way. So yeah, how how are they doing? And and, and tell us about because what do you, what do your parents do too? Yeah, so my mom's a nurse and my dad's an accountant. Um, also, it's important to note that my parents are both Nigerian, right? I'm first generation Nigerian American. Um, Esther was born in Nigeria, so like you know, uh, you can imagine that like. My parents are like, arts, you want to be homeless. Like, that's everything. <laughs> right, right. And so when I first started going to YCA, and, like, I love my dad, but, you know, he's an old Nigerian man. So, you know, it is what it is. But, like, he was like, I'm not even putting money on your bus card. I do not want you going or wasting your time there. And I'm just like, please. But, <laughs> you know, everything is always about, like, money as well. It's like, will that make you money? Will that make you money? And then I, like, joined Bomb Squad, and I was like, actually... This is my first job, and they're actually giving me money. Um, so then it's like, okay, lightening up a little bit. That's funny. My brother is lucky that I'm his older sister because I was like, by force or by fire, I will do the things that I like. And now my parents are so much softer than they were. But 
Yeah, no, my dad was like not with the going to open mics and coming back at 10 o'clock, 11 o'clock. Like he was not with it. Um, but now that I'm older and my dad's like, she's really not going to give this up. He's like, okay. Um, I decided to go to Columbia for film instead of going to UIC for nursing, which meant I was not only changing my major, but like, I was like, Hey, I'm changing my major to an art thing. Um, and surprisingly my dad is like, okay, if that's what you like. And he's like, not even tripping about it. I'm like, dang, that's crazy. Because like, I mean the growth or also like giving up, (laughs) I don't know which one it is, but it's like. Yeah, um, going to Wiles, my my mom has always been really proud of, like, everything that we do. Um, They're a little bit of opposites like that. My mom was like, whatever makes you happy. I, like, dyed my eyebrows blonde. She's like, whatever makes you happy. Um, And she's always been like that. So that's a beautiful thing. Um, But, yeah, as far as, like, organizing and protesting, um, I've been this way for a while. So, like, they're not surprised. Um, They're just like dang you're like really going hard this summer though so like be careful seeing me on the news um and like the news makes me look like i'm this like crazy person like i'm just like calling everybody a clansman and like literally just like and my mom's like oh be careful but they actually are like at first they were like okay this is really cool and then they're like whoa this is really dangerous once they start seeing like yeah all the violence surrounding um the protests yeah um, and the way the police were acting but um we definitely have to have a talk about that um because i'm like my mom's a nurse that works at a hospital during a pandemic so i'm like our callings are different but they're both dangerous so like you feel me don't um feel like unnecessarily scared or worried even though there's like a lot to be worried about um, I yeah. imagine I imagine that conversation just about the country must also be interesting between you and your parents. Um, you know, I, I wonder what, what that's like and if the same kind of, um, you know, potential, you know, rage that you might feel, do they also feel about the country? I mean, obviously, they're looking at the same thing. I, I, you know, you got like, what, what is that conversation like at the dinner table or however you all have it? Yeah, my mom actually has, I've always known that my mom was like with the shits, bro, but like she surprised me a little bit because she'll tell me stories of like uh, how she had to explain to someone why we're saying Black Lives Matter and not All Lives Matter. And I was like, okay, mom, like, thank you. That's a great conversation to have. Or just like explaining, um, talking about having to have those hard conversations with her coworkers and things like that, which I think is really cool. Um, And like really like, once again, like I said, surprises me a lot because um, I just didn't imagine her as like having those conversations, even though I know that we like share those same thoughts. Um, but my dad's a little different. Um, he's definitely like, you know, it's hard for us to like reach, especially older black men, um, especially just like older black folks in general, because the whole idea of like, what we call quote unquote respectability politics is like, Oh, well, if you act in a way that's respectable, then you wouldn't have to worry about them doing this or that or whatever. Um, and sometimes he still has that same frame of mind. Um, but we've been like slowly having those conversations and I've been trying to like meet him where he's at, um, to try to explain to him like, Hey, but remember like, you know, when you first came to this country and like a cop was like roughing you up for absolutely no reason, except for the fact that you, he knew that you wouldn't report it to anybody because he heard how thick your accent was. Like, don't forget, you know, times that you have also 
um, had these issues or that you know that it's possible for these issues to arise regardless of how quote unquote respectable you are. Um, so yeah, like I said, they're kind of opposites. Um, but yeah, I mean, my, then you have like my like un- un- uncle who called me when they, the first time they saw me on the news and were like so proud of me. And I was like shocked. Cause I was like, what? Like, that's so cool that you guys think that what I'm doing is admirable, but yeah, I guess it just it's just varies, but yeah. it definitely surprised me a lot. Yeah, yeah, well, yeah, and I know that that's an ongoing must be an ongoing conversation, and you know one that will continue to grow and progress. And I think I don't know, man. I think it must be hard for parents to do anything when it comes to their kids and kind of let them go into the world, but particularly if they're on the front lines of this war. You know, I mean, it's that that has to be like a hard thing, but also I would imagine like a source of pride. You know what I mean? Um, yeah. You, 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 so you mentioned uh, you're studying film at Columbia. Um, you know, what, what kind of films do you uh, like? What kind of films do you want to be making? And why why are you going into that uh, lane of storytelling? Yeah. Um, I mean, so I'm focusing on screenwriting and directing because I really do like visual art, but I like to write a lot. So I'm like, okay, this is like perfect for me. But... I really want to tell um, like stories about like folks that look like me in the way that they act in the way that we actually exist on the day to day, right? So like, not every movie about us has to be about like hardship or slavery. Like, I want to see a movie where a bunch of black girls go hiking and they get stuck on a mountain, or I want to see like a documentary where a black woman uh, tries the world's fanciest hotels or whatever, like stuff like that. Yeah. Um, yep things that I I enjoy watching, but I never see people who look like me doing. So um, I have a minor in environmental science as well. Um, And like the, just like, I just want to do documentary work. Like that's like another important thing to me, like actually realistically capturing like the cool, the things that are cool about us or the things that we like to do. Cause it seems like every time someone captures us in a documentary, it's always about something bad that happened or something. And those stories are equally as important to tell. Um, There's just room for all of them. Like, it's not like, Oh, well black people just get to choose like a little bit. Like, no, we can have just as many films and TV shows and docu-series, like, there's room for, like, everything. Um, and so I don't think there should be less of those other kinds of movies. I just think there should be more of the kind that I'm talking about, so I'm just going to make them. That's great. That's very exciting. Yeah. I, I look forward to watching them. Um, what, what what year are you in Columbia? That is a great question. All right, or you don't have to. Who cares? You don't have I to. Don't have to gives a shit. <laughs> I went to junior college first, uh, so, um, which... There's any young folks listening, that is the way to go. It really <laughs> is, right? That is the way yes. to go. I agree. Yeah. But like Columbia is so expensive. Yo. Oh my goodness. I'm so happy that I'm not taking like math 118 at an art school. Like, no, go to a yes. junior college first. But totally. I did that and then I changed my major and I just started going to Columbia um, a year ago. So I probably have like a year and a half left. Okay, that's what's up. That's what's up. Yeah. All right. So so um, look, you know, for you or, or maybe you guys are talking about this at, as a collective. You know where where are we moving? Like where where are some of the what are what are some of the goals? What's some of the vision for the future that you have for yourself, for your city, uh, for beyond? You know. Yeah. Um, first thing is defunding the police. Um, that is like I'm claiming it. I'm declaring it. 
the results of the budget survey show that we're not just some random crazy people who are screaming this that nobody screaming this thing that nobody else wants like the majority of people the vast majority of people voted to defund the police um so i haven't heard Lori say much about that but hopefully like soon like as soon as possible uh we see those requests being met um yeah just like hoping for like reallocation a lot of uh organizers have to crowdfund in order to pay for things so i'm hoping that like in the future uh or soon not in the far future like next week <laughs> next month uh people are creating more opportunities to pay organizers because we're doing full-time work that doesn't pay us anything right like we're not clocking in and clocking out but we're outside um we're putting ourselves in danger or whatever and don't like don't get me wrong this is work that we love to do and are passionate about doing but you know like gotta pay bills like stuff like that so just hoping for like equity in that sense nice. also because the work that we're doing is also important um yeah, uh, trying to get through the semester, personal goals, trying to maintain this high GPA, uh, trying <laughs> to, you know, feel me, complete these honors classes and get out this jam. Um, yeah. Yeah. Good, good. Well, and, and what do you guys have things coming up? Um, are, are there things coming up that people should be aware of? Are there, um, you know, and I don't know if you can talk about them or not, but are there things that people should, you know, have on their calendar, have on their radar? Right now, um, anything that's being worked on, there are, I cannot uh, specifically mention, but just definitely keep an eye out on Black Rising Stage. Um, we don't just post uh, things that we organize. We post things that people we trust also organize or, um, like, yeah, things that, like, people should keep an eye out for. I definitely say, though, um, people should try to make sure they come to protests that are not just like we're protesting defunding or like make sure that people come to protest that honor the lives of those that have passed i noticed that we'll see a whole bunch of people when we're like comes at a cps or like uh defund now or whatever but then when we're like hey this is a birthday celebration for laquan mcdonald there's like way less people there so just like i would just say like yeah keep an eye out for that but prioritize the celebration of our lives as well Nice. Um, and where, where, is, where are the best places to be in tune with what you're doing? If you want to give out any socials and also the collective. Yeah. Uh, my Instagram is Naira.Bills, N-A-I-R-A dot B-I-L-L-S. Um, that's my Instagram. Um, and Black Rising is B-L-C-K Rising on everything. Um, yeah, I post the most on like Instagram and Twitter um, and Black Rising. Um, we post the most on Instagram, but we're on everything. Okay. Um, yeah. Dope. All right. Well, Naira, uh, thank you for all the work that you're doing and thank you for being in the corner store. Thank you so much. Shout out our super producer, DJ Cashera. Big up boss man, Todd Manley. Thank you to our official corner store photog, Mercedes Zapata. Salutes to the snack door, Max. Also, please, y'all, follow our Instagram. It's corner underscore pod on IG, on Twitter. Tell us who you want to see in the corner store. And also, please consider dropping a couple of dollars into our Patreon account. It's patreon.com corner store underscore pod. The corner store is brought to you by Stolen Spirits.